Praise the Lord. Shall we get ready to journey into the Word of God in Mark, the second chapter, and we're going to start and read a simple verse that's simply in verse 5. That's Mark, the Gospel of Mark, the second chapter, verse number 5. Mark, the second chapter, verse number 5. These are the words that are so very important. I want you to pay attention. I'm going to endeavor to deliver this message as quickly as I can, and as soon as I get finished, I'll be through. Does that make sense to you? And if you'll pray for me, we'll get out of here when we need to get out and yet accomplish all that God wants us to accomplish together. In Mark, the second chapter, verse number 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Would you bow your heads for a moment? Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Thank you for your divine blessing. Anoint us, hide us behind the cross of Calvary. And Father, there is a strange movement of your Holy Spirit in this room even now. We realize that one of the most important responsibilities we have is to deliver the Word of God in spirit and in truth. Realizing that that delivery and the piercing of that Word into the heart of individuals will revolutionize and change lives. And Lord, there are those in this building that need a confrontation of your Holy Spirit. They need a word of encouragement, and we're gathered here to cause the conviction power of your Holy Spirit to convict the sinner. And yet at the same instance, allow your power of persuasion and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit to encourage the child of God. Now, once again, we ask you to do just that. Let us not speak as an ordinary individual, but let us speak as the oracle of God, rightly dividing the word of God, so that when we leave here tonight, we know that we have been visited by the supernatural power of an almighty God as demonstrated in the Holy Spirit. And so we thank you right now in advance for all that you're doing and all that you're going to do. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. In 1968, I made a commitment... Am I on? No. It doesn't work? The battery's down? Well, let's take it off. Isn't this exciting? Now, don't get nervous, because I'm not nervous at all. In 1968... When I got serious with the call of God in my life and the Lord confronted me with a specific call into the ministry, I was praying and seeking the Lord, and as the Lord was dealing with me, I said these words, Lord, whatever you want me to do, whatever you ask, wherever you want me to go, I will be obedient. I want to please you, Father. I want to do all that I can to make my life count for Jesus Christ. It was several years later in 1976 as I pastored First Assembly of God there in Mulberry and God had given us exceptional growth and the blessings of the Lord were very, very evident and we launched out into a major building program. You know what that is here at Evangel Temple. God has blessed you with a beautiful building and continuing to build and it's been a continual process. 
But the church there in Mulberry had been a number of years since they were involved in a major building program. Everything was cool. There was not much to really excite their faith at that particular time, and everything was settled. I mean, they had a simple mortgage payment of about $236 a month. That was no more than really an average house payment. But anyway, as God began to bless, the Lord began to move, and of course we raised the $127,000, $130,000 cash from common, ordinary, everyday people. We had no lawyers, no doctors, uh, no one basically that earned fifty dollars or $60,000 a year. We had people that lived on week to week, and just simply uh, the Lord supplied their need on a weekly basis. And so it was after we were involved in the building program, we had to sell the old church. We moved completely across town. Of course, that was only about a half a mile because Mulberry is just not that large. But at any rate, we moved across town. Sounds better when you say across town. At any rate, we moved across town, purchased the property, began to build the new church, and we had the old church that we needed to sell. I began to pray and seek God. I thought, Lord, there's nothing that you can't do. I believe that you can do anything. You've proven yourself over and over and over again. Let me suggest to you tonight that it doesn't make any difference how many spiritual battles that you have faced in this game of serving or this service of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Every new battle brings with it a brand new challenge. The same faith that I operated on yesterday, the same determination may not get me through. It takes a renewing of my spirit in Christ Jesus to bring me through in today's challenges. Of course, we had to sell the old church, and I said, God, I, uh, we need to sell that church, and we want 150 $50,000, and I'm going to get right brief to the point. The Lord said, I want you to contact the U.S. Badcock or the Badcock Corporation whose headquarter offices are right there in Mulberry, and he said, I, they're going to buy the church. And I said, all right, Lord. And I went to Bob Elliott, who's the vice president of the Badcocks Corporation, and uh, when I went to him, I said, I want to sell the church. I want to see Mr. Badcock. And he said, well, I'll get you an appointment. And of course, I went in and I sat down and I said, Wogan, I want to sell you our church. He said, Reverend, we're not interested in buying your church. And I went on for a few minutes. At any rate, I left there kind of deflated and kind of disappointed. And I went back to the Lord and I began to pray a little harder. And I said, Lord, we really need to sell this church. The bills are mounting up. We need that $150,000 to finish this program. And so it was, the Lord said to me about three days later, I want you to go back to Mr. Badcock and I want you to ask him again. And I said, well, Lord, you know, uh, that uh, just been three days ago since I was there, but uh, if you say go again, I'll go again. And so I went again, talked to Bob Elliott, a senior vice president, went in to see Mr. Badcock, and he said, Reverend, we're just simply not interested in church. We appreciate your enthusiasm, but we're just not interested. I left there and went back and began to really get down to business and pray and say, all right, Lord, we've got to do something now. I've hit two dead ends. And so it was as I was praying about seven or eight days or a week or so later, the Lord impressed upon me again and said, I want you to go back to the Badcock Corporation. I said, all right, Lord, that's enough. Now, I've been twice already. They've turned me down twice. I feel like a fool walking in that office. They think that I'm somebody in this community. They think I've got my head screwed on straight. They believe that, well, I pretty well know what my name is and don't have to be told where to go and what to do every moment of every day. But at any rate, the Lord said, do you remember what you told me back in 1967, 1968? And I said, what was that, Lord? He said, you said that you would do whatever I told you to do, go wherever I told you to go, and be whatever I wanted you to be. And I said, that's right, Lord. And the Lord said, are you going to back up on your word? And I said, no. And so it was, I went back down to the Badcock Corporation. I walked in Bob's Elliott, Bob Elliott's office, and I said, now, Bob, I'm down 
down here because the Lord sent me. I was not going to take the blame this time. I went into Mr. Badcock and I said, Mr. Badcock, the Lord has spoken to me and the Lord is going to cause you and your corporation to buy our old church. Now I thought, how could he argue with God? But at any rate, Wogan Badcock stood up out of his chair, put both hands on his desk, and he said, Reverend, we appreciate your enthusiasm. We appreciate your determination. But it's just not in our business. It's just not in our budget to buy your church. We are absolutely not interested under any circumstances. And of course, I carried on there for a few more minutes, walked out seemingly totally defeated, seemingly totally giving up, went to prayer that night, and I had a long talk with God. I said, Lord, you've made a fool out of me three times. Three times I've been down there and I'll never be able to face them again. The next morning of course at 8 o'clock I received a phone call. Bob Elliott was on the line and he said, Reverend, have you sold that church yet? I said, no, we haven't sold it yet. He said, Mr. Badcock wants to know if he can come down and take a look at the church. And I said, why, certainly let me look at my calendar and see if I have anything available on the appointment schedule for him to come down. In about 15 minutes he came down, walked down the center aisle of the church and he said, these were Reverend, all night long I walked the floors of my home and all I could see was you and all I could see was this church. And yesterday we were not interested in purchasing this church, but this morning I want you to know we are now ready to purchase First Assembly of God Church. I'm here to tell you tonight that these are days in which the power of the Lord Jesus Christ wants to be demonstrated in the heart and the life of a believer who will be determined to seek out the perfect and divine will of Almighty God. Can you say amen. And so I said all of that to say this. The title of this message is in fact, Lord, I am coming through. Now may I say this, that many times we give up and we quit just before the great miracle is going to come from the Lord. Many times we give up and we back off from the firing line just before the demonstration of the power of God in the Shekinah glory is going to come down and give us our miracle or give us our blessing or give us the touch that we need. I submit you tonight to realize that in the Mark, the second chapter, that Jesus was now in Capernaum. The scripture declares to me that he was in someone's house and the Bible says that his fame spread rapidly throughout the region. Jesus was there inside that house. The scripture declares that there were those inside of the house that was packed to capacity. There were those on the outside of the door. There were crowds on the outside perimeter of the property. And the scripture declares that off the road a distance came a man on a stretcher and there possibly were four people that was carrying that stretcher. They walked up and as they began to see the crowds, there was no doubt a little bit of apprehension in the lives and in the hearts of those men carrying the stretcher and the man who in fact was sick on the bed with palsy. And no doubt the devil came to them and began to say, there's no way that you're going to pierce that crowd. There's no way that you're going to get in there where Jesus is. There is no way that you're going to be able to penetrate. There are too many people there and their needs are just as important as your need. The fact of the matter is I believe that the man who was sick of palsy had great faith. Hallelujah. I believe that he did not see the crowd that would cause him not to be able to easily get access to the master. I believe that he did not see the crowded room in which Jesus stood. But all that man on the bed who was sick with palsy, all he could see was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. All he could see was the hand of Jesus reaching out and touching his life. All he could see was the divine touch of God coming him about to make him whole. 
And so it was, in fact, as they began to get closer, they maneuvered their way around. The scripture declares that they made it up on the rooftop. There was no other way in the house. The scripture declares that they began to tear a large hole in the roof as they began to pull the 20-year guarantee asphalt shingles away, as they began to take away the tar paper, as they began to take away the plywood, as they began to cut through the rafters, if you will, and began to lower that body. I'm certain that Jesus looked up and seen that bed coming down, and these are the words, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Hallelujah. I can tell you in life's battles that daily we face one challenge after another. I can tell you in life's battles as this man, though we may not be sick on the bed with palsy tonight, there are those of us that may have been experiencing some financial reverse or some emotional problem or some spiritual difficulty or some uh, independent problem in our families with relatives or something of that nature. I can suggest to you tonight this. If in fact we are willing to stand our ground in Jesus Christ, uh, if in fact we are willing to believe that Jesus Christ can heal, hallelujah, if we believe in fact that he can give a miracle, if we believe in fact that he can bring about the blessing that we need and we're willing to stand upon the word of God, I can guarantee you, you will not leave here disappointed, you'll not leave here discouraged, but you will leave here being touched by the mighty hand and the power of a living Christ. Can you say amen? I'm reminded of the lady who had the issue of blood. And in fact, with the issue of blood, she'd suffered for some 12 years, according to Luke, the 8th chapter. The Bible says that she too heard that Jesus was coming. She too realized that the only way that I can get healed is to be able to touch him. She had spent all that she had, and you know the story. The fact of the matter is the crowd was great around Jesus that day. But I'm convinced that that lady had one thing in mind. It wasn't the crowd. It wasn't getting through the press. But it was simply reaching out out and touching the hem of his garment. I can tell you this tonight. One of the first steps of realizing the divine touch of the master, praise the Lord, is not seeing that financial reverse. It's not seeing that discouragement. It's not seeing that depression. But it is seeing the almighty hand of God waiting in your behalf to reach down and touch your need. Hallelujah. I am convinced that we have a heavenly father that sits on his throne tonight. And at his right hand is our Savior Jesus Christ making intercession for every need of our life and all we need to do is turn our attention to him and look to him and know that he in fact will bring it to pass now how do you touch Jesus what is it that it takes to touch Jesus first I believe it takes faith the Bible says that without faith it is absolutely impossible to please God that faith is not in the ability or the strength of man that faith is not in the ingenuity of individuals that faith is not in the hype of some television evangelist. That faith, friend of mine, is not based in a denomination. But that faith is in fact based upon the fact that it says in His Word that by my stripes ye are healed. Hallelujah. And that healing not only covers the physical, but it covers the emotional. It covers the financial. It covers every area of my life that by my stripes we are healed. And if we can believe that by faith that Jesus Christ can. Are you listening to me? Jesus Christ can. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ can deliver and minister to every need. Hebrews the 11th chapter says that faith 
subdued kingdoms, and it brings righteousness, and it obtains promises. I can suggest to you tonight that faith is keeping doubt under subjection. Hallelujah. For those people that have been touched by the hand of God, they could not see their sickness, but all they could see was the touch of the mighty hand of God. Can you say praise the Lord? And when people believe in God by faith, then it simply puts a responsibility on the master to deliver. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is found in His Word, and when He says, if you abide in Me, and My words abide in you, ye shall in fact ask what you will, and it shall be given unto you. Praise the Lord. Now, He's not talking to the church down the street. He's not talking to the man or the woman next to me, but in fact, He is talking directly to me. And He says, Wayne Blackburn, the next time you need to sell a church, don't look to man. Don't count the cost of what it'll cost you, but look to me and know that I, in fact, am going to bring it to pass because I said so. Hallelujah. And that's all that we need in knowing that Jesus Christ said so in His Word. Faith. And then I believe that we need to have not only faith, but perseverance. Now, faith is important, but it's also important to realize that my miracle and my blessing may not come that quickly. How many noticed that? If it did every time that I prayed and it just zapped, came to pass, I'd be the greatest big old spiritual baby that you've ever seen. I'd take and use God because that's human nature. But we must persevere. The fact of the matter is Webster describes and defines perseverance as continuing in spite of difficulty. I told you the man who was sick with palsy tore through the crowd. I told you that he made it through the roof. The lady with the issue of blood, in fact, pressed through the crowd. She made it through all of the human bodies until finally she reached out and touched the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I may not have a crowd that we have to wade through. We may not have to have a roof that we have to tear a hole in to get to where he's at. But I can guarantee you this, we will have to persevere against satanic lies that come against us. We will have to persevere against the attacks of the enemy. We will have to persevere because the devil does not appreciate, nor does he like for God's people to get answers to their prayers but for that man or that woman who can wade through the satanic lies and who can wade through the discouraging comments of the enemy to that man and woman God is going to deliver that which he has promised to give them can you say praise the Lord I believe there are those that have to wade through the satanic lies and that is simply this well if God was going to do it he'd already done it for you or if in fact God was going to do it it's because you're not worthy that God won't answer your prayer or the fact is that he doesn't hear you. Or the fact is, well, you prayed and you prayed and you even fasted and it didn't work and it hasn't come to pass yet. And then there are those that have prayed and prayed and prayed and instead of getting better, they got worse. And here comes Job's comforters and says, why don't you curse God, give up and die? But I can tell you this for any man and woman in this building tonight who has a specific need in their life that if in fact they will stand upon, then all the heaven's angels will come down and meet the need of that individual. Hallelujah. And it's in these last days that God wants to demonstrate His power and authority and He wants to demonstrate it in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. My father who was dying with kidney failure in 1977 and the doctors said we simply give up. There's nothing that we can do. We determined in our Christian family, we had paid our tithe and prayed and read God's Word. We determined that there was nowhere else to go. We had the best specialist that money could buy. 
And when the doctor said, Reverend, you're spending too much time, you need to get some rest. And my mother was there and my wife. I said, we are here until God heals and delivers and touches him. That man, of course, was a Catholic and didn't have a whole lot of faith in the healing power of Jesus Christ. But ten days later, when my father laid on that deathbed with tubes in his body, and it appears and was apparent the death angel was coming to take him away, and no one had ever walked out of that hospital, ever been made whole, and coming off a kidney dialysis machine, that in the midst of all of that fear and in the midst of all that satanic torment, one night about 11.30, the power of the Shekinah glory of God came in that room and with it ushered in healing, hallelujah, that took and literally shook the hospital bed in which my father was lying on and five days after that he got off that bed, walked out of that hospital, that was 1977 and the doctor has it on his record tonight, it was nothing short of a miracle, hallelujah. It not only took faith, it took perseverance to say this is our miracle, this is our blessing, it's our God who wants to touch us and we waited through until God answered prayer. Hallelujah. I'm telling you there's some things that God necessarily isn't going to let us have easily. It's going to come through prayer and fasting and perseverance but to that man and woman who feel it's worth the effort, God will in fact bring it to pass and then it's important to remember trust. Not only faith and perseverance and as you can tell I'm rushing through but to trust God. Now there are a lot of people that can take it to his feet but there aren't many that can leave it there. I mean, I found out that there are those that say, Oh, Pastor, I carried it to Jesus, and I left it there. And if you talk to them five minutes longer, you realize that sometime between the time that they laid it there, they've already went back and picked it up again. But I want to encourage you to trust Jesus tonight. Take it to His feet and leave it there. Praise the Lord. The Bible says the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Praise the Lamb of God. Now, I want you to hear me tonight. Hallelujah. That lady had nowhere else to go that had the issue of blood. The man that was sick with palsy had nowhere else to go but to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus Christ. But in fact, when they trusted in God, not in man's ability, not in man's ingenuity, not in Oral Roberts, not in Rex Humbard, not in Billy Graham, not in Jimmy Swaggart, not in Kenneth Hagin or Kenneth Copeland, but trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, and realizing that in that name, praise the Lamb of God, that name can shake all the demonic forces loose. Trusting in that name can drive back the power of satanic lie. Trusting in that name of Jesus, hallelujah, can calm the troubled waters of our soul for that man and that woman who will lift their hand and lift the name of Jesus. Jesus will in fact touch their lives and revolutionize it. And then the last thing, of course, that it takes is simply patience. Not only to trust, not only to persevere, but to pay, be patient. The Scripture says in Psalms 27, verse 14, Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Lord, we are going to stay here until something happens. God, I'm driving a stake down right here for my unsaved loved one. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to fast one meal a week, if that's what it takes, or one meal a day. But Lord, I want you to know that I'm not moving off this mark. Because on this mark, it's upon this rock, the Scripture says that He's going to build His church. I've got faith that you can. Lord, I'm trusting you. 
I'm going to persevere and I'm going to wade through the satanic lies. But I want you to know that I'm going to wait right here until the answer comes. The problem with too many in the modern day church today, we get up and leave too soon. We take off before the answer comes. We accept, if you will, a superficial answer. But I want to tell you this for those of you that's been shook by the power of God. You know what it is to wait on the Lord, not just for the little touch of God, but you know what it is to wait until the power of God comes down and touches lives and changes the sinner and turns them inside out and the power of God comes and revolutionizes a person's life and that's the kind of revival that I'm praying for in these latter days of 1984 God take your church into such a spiritual realm that they'll not only have the faith, they'll not only persevere they'll not only be patient but teach them how to wait right there until the answer comes and it drives back the powers of the devil hallelujah, we don't have to take the power of God for granted and we do not have to allow the enemy to come and run us of that which God wants us to have by leaving too soon. Stay in there. Thank God as Brother Wilder mentioned a moment ago, I thank God for two men who could see me through on a Wednesday night who waited with me until my life was changed and revolutionized. Too far and too many times we want to leave where God is moving and where God is blessing in order to make it out to dinner on time or to make it to our special eating establishment, or to make it for another appointment. But oh, thank God for those in God's church today, and I believe the number is growing, who desire another Acts 2 experience, who say we want to stay here until the power of God falls. Lord, I'm tired of carrying this illness. I'm tired of fighting that devil. I'm tired, Lord, of having that financial reverse. I'm sick and tired, God, of having to put up with all of this garbage. I am going to stay here until that cloud leaves. Hallelujah. I'm going to stay here until until that depression leaves. I'm going to stay here, Lord, until the joy of the Lord is again my strength. I'm going to stay here, God, and wait until I know that I know that I know that I know that the power of God has touched me. Hallelujah. As long as the enemy can keep you back from that place of real divine revelation, he'll do it by causing you to leave too soon. But oh, thank God we can wait. And Then, of course, it says praise and exalt his name. And be not afraid. Revelation, the 12th chapter, verse number 11 says, that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and that's bought and paid for already. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. That is to say, the first part has been paid for. The second part is the positive part that says, Lord, I'm coming through. I'm going to get what I came after. I'm going to see you move. I believe that it's coming to pass. I accept right now the financial reverse to be one of training. But Lord, my finances are going to turn around in Jesus' name for his honor and his glory. As the doctor said to me concerning my father, Reverend, you're wasting your time. But it was a whole different story when I walked out of there with a suitcase in my hand, praise the Lord, and he walked out side by side, and that doctor said, I don't know what happened, praise the Lord. I said, you're not supposed to. I can tell you what happened. It was by his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, praise the Lord. And it says we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. 
testimony and it's high time that when God touches us or gives us a specific miracle or gives us a special touch or a blessing that we tell the world I know that it came because Jesus Christ loves me and I give him all of the praise and all of the honor and all of the glory hallelujah and when we begin to do that we'll make a world spiritually conscious of the power and dynamics of the Holy Spirit hallelujah there was an individual who in one of our churches that in their broadcast every Sunday went to the pastor and this man was influential and had a lot of money and it contributed several tens of thousands of dollars to that church's ministry. And on the church's Sunday morning and Sunday evening broadcast, if a message in tongues was given, that man despised it. He went to the pastor and he said, if you don't, when they give a message in tongues, turn that off so that nobody can hear it out there in radio land. He said, I'm going to remove my membership and take all of the money that I have been contributing and stop that contribution. He was endeavoring to ploy against the pastor. And the pastor said these words, as best I understand. Sir, if you take all of your money and leave, if you never come back again, we are not going to disguise nor cut off the dynamic move of the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That man laid an all-out attack on that pastor. He laid an all-out attack on that church, and he had the money to back up all that he could do. But I'm happy to report to you that about five or six or seven weeks ago, that man, after wandering around for about a year and a half from church to church, had to come in and get on his knees, if you will, before that pastor and say, I want to beg your apology. I want you to forgive me, and I want to thank you for not letting the speaking in tongues and the interpretation come off the air. Oh, thank God tonight they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony church in our midst tonight it's the greatest power source in all of Jacksonville and it is the touch of an almighty God and it comes about when God's people have the faith and they have the perseverance and they have the patience and they have the desire to see the power of God move hallelujah and the best place to start is in our own hearts and in our own lives for some specific area in our own individual lives tonight God I'm here, and I want your touch in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me?